Hey everyone, welcome to the Oregon Libertarian Podcast. My name is Will Hobson. I'm being joined by uh, Danielle Seiler. Did I get that right? You did. Good job. All right, Danielle Seiler is joining us. Uh, Danielle, uh, Danielle, you're a um, member of the uh, of the You Are the Power group that, uh, along with me, uh, that. Uh, uh, Spike Cohen started, and they're doing some really great uh, issue advocacy and um, kind of like local. Um, they're really good at highlighting, you know, local personal stories, you know, around the country, and I, I really love that. I think Spike's a, a great guy. Um, oh, me really too. Support. That's why I'm here. <laughs> exactly. I really support his work. And then you're also a member of the uh, classical, classical liberal caucus, but I understand you're not a, uh, one of their uh, leaders or you're not on the board. And that that's correct, right? You're just a member? Correct. Just a regular okay. old member. Hesitant at that because <laughs> All right. Caucuses are scary. <laughs> yes, caucuses are a little crazy uh, in the Libertarian Party. There's a lot of us. Um, there's, uh, you know, like the Waffle House Caucus, which uh, I've always enjoyed where you just, uh, I think you're just, if you're a member, if you buy the pin once, is that correct? Or or you're just assumed to be a member if you're in you any know, of the groups? I Spike sent me one as a thank you for something that I did at some point. So I think I'm just automatically one because I have it. Well, there you go. Yeah. And it's a caucus based around a, uh, for people here in the Northwest who aren't familiar, it's based off of a very popular chain of breakfast, uh, restaurants in, um, in the kind of the South, uh, Southeast. So, uh, I did get to finally go to one a few months ago when I was in Florida with my uh, wife's family. So uh, I can say I've been to at least one waffle house. So. Um, but yeah, um, our, yeah, the different caucuses, you know, some there, <laughs> there are funds that are kind of lighthearted and fun, like the Waffle House caucus, but then there are some with some pretty, um, uh, some pretty concrete ideologies, uh, that are definitely more, uh, in the business of influencing, uh, different aspects of the Libertarian Party as a whole, uh, whether it's via messaging or organization, um, uh, our philosophy, we, uh, yeah, there's definitely some, some differences I would say between mm -hmm. certain caucuses and, uh, yeah, I mean, that's kind of why I wanted you on, uh, and plenty in common, right? Just so we're not all being all negative. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that's <laughs> the funny thing is that we probably agree on the vast, vast majority of things, but there's intense debate on, uh, relatively small number of subjects, but it's very yeah. intense sometimes. Um, which, um, you know, uh, uh, on some level, I, I do think it's necessary to debate these things and suss things out and find out where we stand. Uh, but uh, I definitely think sometimes it can overshadow where the lion's share of our efforts should be going. And that's uh, building up the party, making it stronger, uh, making it more of a force for, for good in the world. And, uh, you know, I think sometimes maybe we, unfortunately, certain members, uh, lose sight of that. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so what, what is it about the, um, 
uh, classical uh, liberal caucus. So I'm in the Mises caucus for people who didn't already mm-hmm. know. But what is it about the classical liberal caucus that uh, appealed to you enough to, to join it? They were okay with me being around them and feeling them out. And after, you know, I, I come from a state that uh, isn't, wasn't, didn't have a lot of caucuses when I came, but just the Mises caucus was sort of building up. Um, and so for me, I felt like an outsider. I was new to the Washington politics and I was not Mises. So I did not feel included in a lot of stuff, even Oh, uh, you're, you're breaking up a little bit, uh, Danielle. Uh, are you are you still there? It felt like if I was going to join a caucus and help help any organization do anything, that's that's who I wanted to be around because I, you know, I felt like I belonged. There are lots of other, you know, liberal leaning folks uh, there that I could talk to with that. So it's nice. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I'm glad that that group is there for for people that feel that way. Um, Did you so you're in Washington, right? I am. Did you um, and and you said you came into the party kind of more recently or just Washington? I'm I'm one of those people from a state where you can register with your party. So I've been registered libertarian for a long time, but I didn't get active until I moved to Washington in 2019. 2019. Okay. Did, um, so you're saying there are Mises people in Washington, but you didn't, did you not feel welcomed by them or did they not, um, did they try to reach out to you or? I I think for me, it it was kind of like these people were already on the same page that you all, you all, these folks that I was working with were all part of the same group. They all had the same goal to professionalize the party. Um, and for me, it was just like, I wasn't in all those conversations because I'm not part of that caucus. So they would talk about decisions they'd made uh, and I wasn't part of that. So I just had to learn about it later. And it wasn't like all the time, not a lot of stuff. And they, they definitely tried to make me feel welcome. I was uh, invited to hang out at several gatherings with the Mises folks and they even called me a friend of Mises. Um, but it was, it's just like, you know, being reminded that you're not one of those people. Um, it just kind of sucked. And when I talked to them about it, they said, look, we're not even recruiting from inside the party. We're trying to find new folks. So that's why we haven't asked you. Mm. Um, and then more I learned, like, I don't necessarily fit in over there anyways. So, um, it was, it was really just, you know, me on a personal level, just not feeling great about how people were coordinating with each other. And I don't think that's a caucus problem uh specific to Mises I think it's just kind of a small group problem right that's what people sure. do yeah you know I um <clears throat> I definitely feel like there's a lot to that there's um there are some people I think that are uh for lack you know I, I guess that's what we're trying to drill on what type of people do our different these different groups attract and um I definitely think there are some, I don't know if they're necessarily always ideological, but they're just like behavioral differences between sometimes different, yeah, I think you know, so, different yeah. factions. <laughs> like, the way uh, we talk to each other matters. Oh, absolutely. People don't, yeah. don't hear each other when they're talking mismatched. 
uh, I, I mean, maybe I'll put it this way. Are you familiar with uh, Dungeons and Dragons and like the alignment system? Oh, I am very familiar. Okay, great. So there's some commonality right there. Uh, so uh, I like to think of Mises people as much more leaning towards chaotic good. And I think there are members of the party who lean much more towards like lawful good. And I, I don't know if you would maybe agree with that exactly, but, or, or, and and again, also there's like definitely exceptions to that rule, but I feel like there's just like a, we value like in the Mises caucus, we really value like defiance and Mm -hmm. like, uh, you know, basically like we would say if we were talking to someone we saw as a bad actor or like a violent uh, entity, we would value uh, engaging in a conversation about that person or at that person in a way that shows other our other members, hey, we don't like this person. We're defiant. Hey, we're not just going to back down to them. You should join us because we're we're going to take a strong stance against this person. And I'll be honest, I'm attracted to that kind of uh, discourse because I do think there's some really uh, terrible people out in the world. And if I'm trying to draw in more, if I'm trying to attract more people to my party to, you know, take on, you know, these bad actors in the world. I want to show other, I want to basically bring people in like how I was brought in or what, what, what appeals to me. And I think that the Mises caucus has done, has done that a lot. It's, it showed people like, Hey, there's these really proudly defiant libertarians that were, were not going to be polite and nice with people we deem as violent actors or, or terrible people. And we're going to, and, when we do that, I think we appeal to those other people out in society that are maybe disaffected and be like, no one's going to take a strong stance against these people. These, these like war criminals are going to continue to go on and, and do all these terrible things. Nobody's, everyone's just going to kind of, you know, lay down to be doormats and like, not, you know, really like buck the system hard. And I think that's the type of people we're attracting. And I understand that not everyone wants I understand that you also think war is bad and you, 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 you and, and people, mm-hmm. you know, the the other side of the camp hate war criminals too, but they're, I, I, maybe I'm, tell me if I'm wrong, if their mental calculus is more like, Hey, I get it. All this stuff is terrible, but we have to, we can't scare off people that, are good people that want to, you know, get things done. We need to show people love and compassion and respect. And that's what will attract people to our, uh, you know, our camp and bring them in and get them doing good work. Is that more or less kind of where you think maybe you land? I, I definitely would agree that we try to lean to the love and empathy part of Liberty for sure. Um, Cause yeah, we, I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to be around people that are angrily yelling all the time. So like, I can't imagine, uh, you know, other libertarians want that. So we're going to be the softer side. I feel like a little bit, and you know, that, that's cool too. 
yeah, you know, I, I honestly feel like that's, hey, maybe we need both. Maybe we need some people that can, you know, speak to the people who are angry and, you know, want someone who's going to stand up to the bully. You know, the bully is in a more, like, confrontational, rude, you know, defiant way. And then we need some people who aren't attracted to that, who are going to be like, hey, we're we're going to try to be respectful here. We're going to try to build a world of empathy and love, and we're going to try to kill them with kindness, you know, kind of, you know, uh, you know, be, you know, try to do messaging that reaches out to those people. I, I, I feel like there, there's room for both. We're kind of like the yin and yang of like different ways of going at, you know, Liberty, if you want to think about it. So, um, Yeah. But I guess uh, the the part is then it makes our party look a little um, bipolar. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes maybe. Right, yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't. I. I'm sure we can get past that. Um, I. I, th- I honestly think we all just need to. I think we're all chaotic. Good to be quite honest, right? Because the whole point of chaotic is that good changes depending on the situation, right? And lawful good would be, this is good because this is, these are the rules and I'm following them. Is that kind of your, your understanding of them? Um, maybe. Yeah. Uh, I, I kind of see chaotic as, um, more like I'm, I'm not comfortable, uh, it's almost like in a corporate environment where you have a lot of like hierarchies, and you have mm-hmm. a lot of like processes and systems and it takes a long time to get things done. And then one person will make a decision and you have to wait and wait and wait to appeal it and to like change, change comes slowly basically. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you kind of have to be patient for it and wait for it, but you're hoping that, you know, the system, you know, you know, if we all you know, if we're all on board with the system, eventually the system works. That's kind of the hope with lawful and um, chaotic is more like uh, I'm, I'm going to do, I feel like chaotic is a little bit more individualistic, honestly. Mm. Uh, so uh, yeah. I, I, and again, like I said, I, I don't think this is like the perfect example of like the differences in like the, the two different camps. But I, I, I don't know. I, I personally really identify with <laughs> the chaotic good aspect of <laughs> um, yeah. what, what I see as my camp. But um, yeah, well, I'm, yeah, I, I definitely feel like, you know, one of the, um, another thing that I, I feel if I was going to say like, hey, your side does this really well is you're there is some need for people that are good with systems and are a little bit more measured and and take their time. There's a lot of institutional knowledge that the old party had and learned about how to, how to run an organization, how to be organized. And uh, while I think Mises caucus brings a lot of fire, it's sometimes it's a little, we, it might be a little bit harder to, you know, you know, figure out, you know, like all these processes and like all the rules and like, you know, take more measured, um, take more measured decisions, you know? And I, I think that's because our strength for all, all for the last several years has been like, 
you know, trying to message loudly enough that we can like get the attention of other people like us, bring them together and, you know, enact that rapid change that we're trying to, to look for. So I think this is, uh, you know, it, it's why I see, I really see value in most of the groups, just about every group in the libertarian party. And I, I'm hoping that in the future we're, um, I don't know. We can, we can see the good in each other. Yeah. I mean, just having conversations like this and connecting via you or the power, I think is, is going to be really important for us because as maybe we can't all agree on how the libertarian party should be run, but if we're all members of you are the power, we at least know that single issue advocacy is our thing and we can all get together under that or whatever we're doing. If it's, you know, as long as we all have the same goal and the vision, uh, conversations like this and us working together in organizations like you are the power, I think is definitely going to be key. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I hope there are uh, more Oregonians, because uh, I'm in Oregon, I hope more Oregonians mm-hmm. um, join groups like that. And honestly, for people that would feel more kinship in the classical liberal caucus, I hope people join that. If if it, if it helps them not feel like they're uh, on the out group in the LP and it helps them do activism, if it helps them, you know, find their, their, their ideological kinship kin in uh, another group, I hope they, a active chapter of that starts in Oregon and then we can have conversations. Like I, cause I, I want as many people to come in to the LP as possible and find people that they're comfortable that don't rub them the wrong way that they can work with and get, and get good work done. Yeah. Uh, I think at the end of the day, you know, like we should all just extend the most basic level of respect to each other. And that this person that I'm arguing with is got up off the couch and did something about, cause they love Liberty. And I think that as long as we can have like that basic, most core level of respect for each other. I think the party can work really well. I agree. Um, So tell me what issues uh, do you uh, tend to, are are you focused on? Do you you have issues that you're focused on or do you have like uh, ones that you like to think you specialize in or like me personally as an activist? Yes. As an activist. I I am an air force veteran. uh, So I am very, very Uh, (laughs) anti-war. Awesome. So that's a big one for me. Um, here in Washington, we're trying to work on the legalizing psilocybin issue. So that's a big one for me. Um, and then legalizing sex work is pretty important to me. So um, decriminalizing or, or legalizing sex work and all drugs. And I'm, I'm real big on body autonomy in general. So I'm, I am pro-choice, whether it's vaccines or abortions or any other surgeries or procedures that you want to do that don't hurt people. So I don't know. Is that for? Yeah, no, no, that's great. That's uh, I, most, most libertarians have more than just like one like <laughs> yeah. issue. So yeah, no, I, uh, I agree. That's great. Yeah. I have, uh, I'm basically in the same camp. I've kind of, I, I came from the left. I'm an ex Democrat. Um, I actually supported, uh, Dennis Kucinich back way back in like 2008 because nice. he was he, from what I could tell, he was the actual anti-war candidate. He didn't of all the Democrats, he didn't activate my BS alarm. <laughs> like, and, uh, 
you know, obviously he didn't get nominated. And I think I, I, I said, look, well, Barack Obama is not John McCain. And, <laughs> uh, yeah. so I, and I really wanted to end the wars. I'd been a big daily show watcher and, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I'd been pretty anti George Bush. And then I watched Barack Obama start five different wars and just pretty <laughs> rapid succession and do the drone program and hey, be okay with he that shut thing. down the military and postponed his Christmas trip to Hawaii several years in a row so he could push through that health care bill, sir. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I was slated to go to Hawaii on one of those trips one year and I was real pissed about it because I yeah. didn't get to go because he pushed it too long. Thanks, Obama. Thanks, Obama. Yeah, oh, I forgot about that meme. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, and then I was, uh, yeah, I was definitely politically um, kind of in political dysphoria for a few years. And uh, um, yeah, and I was also, I think, convinced to uh, come into the party by uh, Joshua Smith because he's, you know, he's a vet uh, and he, um, his kind of like plea to like do do more anti-war stuff. Libertarian Party was kind of what uh, persuaded me to take action. And then when Scott Horton said he was joining, I was like, "Well, I'm definitely doing it now." So <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I I'm definitely in. A, I'm not a vet, but I am. I I am. I do like hearing that vets are in the party and are talking about anti-war issues because I'm I'm a big proponent of. Um, uh, ethos uh, as a way of convincing people of our ideas and i feel like people who have the who are veterans have a very strong uh you know ethos or argument for who they you know their mm-hmm. argument uh, when they talk is like oh i'm this person so i have you know i should have this much you know a certain amount of sway with people when i'm making arguments and i feel like yeah. veterans have a lot of that when they're talking especially to conservatives about uh the war issues and i think Scott's really smart because he understands that. And that's why he does the work with, uh, you know, he sends out veteran or he, he works with veterans who want to promote, uh, defend the guard. Are you familiar with that? Uh, uh, state legislation, defend the guard. Uh, can you say that again? De- are you familiar with defend the guard? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. Yeah. We, we need to get, something like that started in Oregon, but, uh, I, we have uh, a vet who is in like Southern Oregon, but it's a little bit harder to coordinate with him. But, uh, yeah, if, uh, we could definitely, if you guys are already doing any work on that, we'd love to maybe yeah, work with you and maybe copy some of your hard work and get something started here in Oregon <laughs> because we, we definitely have a defend the guard group of some sort. I don't know that we're specifically connected to them but that sounds like a fun project to see if we can figure it out yeah absolutely um well i feel like i've talked a lot about the some some things that have been kind of on my mind about like the differences uh in the you know the different groups and the lp did you have any questions for me or as a member of the mises caucus or anything or i I kind of just like i I want to hear like your perspective on, I don't know, just like, I I think you and I, the reason you and I connected, right. Is because there were some tweets about, I mean, we're in, you are the power already, but I, I messaged you because there were some tweets about 
being anti-war and pro-Putin or whatever, and you guys were like, if anyone's on the CLC, let me know, or in the CLC and you want to come on, let me know. And so I messaged you. Um, so going back to that, um, I guess my question is, um, do, do you see the CLC as anti-war? And if not, how, or like, how does that differ from the Mises caucus to you? Well, I've seen some uh, things said by at least some of their leaders. And when I was bringing up the Rage Against the War Machine event that we're having in Washington, D.C., um, there was definitely some level of, uh, you know, like, well, you need to make a really strong uh, stand uh, against Russia specifically for this event or you know, we can't back it or we can't, you know, really realistically support this. And I'm just like, we're, we're already fighting a behemoth here in the United States. And the, Mm -hmm. the, our government does horrific things in our name. Uh, and I don't trust them to handle this situation in a way that doesn't lead to the massive loss of life. Yeah. So even though like I, yes, if somebody is being attacked, I, I am 100% for them defending themselves. And, but I'm also 100% uh, for them if they want to making the decision to flee to safety, you know, I, mm-hmm. I would never say you have to fight that person. If that person attacked you, that would be, bonkers uh arguments make as a libertarian um the but what's happening in ukraine and why i feel like we need to be very um like just incredibly skeptical if not outright uh against uh cooperating with them is that they have instituted a forced conscription and not just for like a very like small, like 18, 21 year olds, it's, it's like 18 to like 50 or 60. Like if you're a male in Ukraine, you can't leave Ukraine. You have to stay and, you know, make yourself available if you're at all able-bodied to be thrown at the, the Russian war machine and go right into their, you know, the meat grinder. And I just don't feel like states have that, should ever have that say over a population to say like you are we we will decide what your life (laughs) uh you know we will decide what what we will do with your life like you every i i really believe like everyone should have the option be like do you want to run do you want to fight and if ukraine made that uh, if that was the choice say like you want to run do you want to fight yo you want to run you want to get to safety with your family great Uh, we understand but uh for anyone that is interested we really need fighters like I, if that was the, you know, in getting past all the, you know, like the, you know, the made on revolution, you know, 2014, uh, you know, Victoria Newland, you know, how much culpability we have, you know, in instigating, uh, this war. Um, if, you know, like, I, I just can't support, even if we're not thinking about that angle of it, like, I just can't support a state that, does mandatory conscription. And I, I condemn it on Russia too. Like Russia shouldn't be doing that either. That's horrific. And both sides now are guilty of war crimes and they are, and, but we have, you know, Russia isn't coming over here and taking our money to, you know, 
you know, basically fill, you know, carry out this war. We have members of the Ukrainian government coming over here and working with our corrupt politicians to bleed us dry so they can continue to fund this war. So they can continue to, you know, force people that would, you know, obviously there's going to be a lot of people in the Ukrainian government that are willing to do this, but I, I can't know who, you know, who is and isn't willing my perspective. And I can't, I can't moral in a moral sense, uh, justify sending money to an organization that is using like the worst form of like murder slavery that exists. And (laughs) so, so that's basically my take on it. And, and so like somebody saying, look, well, you have to be strong against Russia. And it's like, we don't have any real way of affecting Russia, you know, unless we want to use our corrupt government to like, as a cudgel against them. And that's that, well, that could not only risk, nuclear war which annihilates the planet but it also gives them cover to do the horrendous things that we want to and i don't want to give them cover to do this i want them to negotiate peace like and i want them to you know uh you know not instigate these what what i personally see as a proxy war with nato and and russia so like um anyway that's that that's my take on it i don't know if you have a different take on it but yeah, I, I, I think we agree on the money too. part for sure. Yeah. Um, I definitely don't want our military budget to be uh, replenished because we gave some of our stuff away. That's absolutely awful. Um, I, I'm, I honestly, I don't actually see where we disagree because um, I don't think I don't think that that's like I think that what you are saying is the same view that a lot of folks that I talk to have have said, you know, um, we don't, none of the people that I've spoken to want the government giving money. I think the difference would be, we're fine. You know, if you want to donate money personally, or if you want to, or if I want to, like we should all be allowed to go as individuals, but, um, definitely we, we definitely agree on the government funding portion. Um, I, I, what's that? I was going to say, how do you feel about the conscription, though? I mean, you're against conscription, right? Like, oh, like yeah, yeah. Mandatory conscription, right? I, whether they have the conscription or not, personally, I don't want to be giving Ukraine money from our government tax funds anyways. So, like, that's a moot point. But, yeah, I disagree with conscription, conscription for sure. Sure. Yeah, and I, I guess I'm kind of more like the – as an American citizen, I have some level of responsibility for what my government does around the world because they're doing it in my name with my money. And theoretically, mm-hmm. you know, you can obviously, you know, talk about like, well, you know, how much, how much can the average, you know, U.S. citizen actually do? Uh, yeah, sure. But definitely there's at least the idea that as a voter, as an American, I do have some small granular control over what my government does if I really cared to like do something about it, you know, you Mm -hmm. know, in the political sense. So, but I don't feel the same exact (laughs) like level of responsibility for what is happening uh, for, for like, if another country perpetrates, you know, an atrocity against another country, obviously I'd say, yeah, that's bad. They should stop doing that. That's horrible. But like, I don't have, you know, unless I want to get involved in someone else's country, uh, I don't really have a way of like remedying that. 
like I do with my own government. And I feel it's kind of like, you know, like make your own bed first. That's kind of how I feel about, you know, you know, taking care of business at home, making sure that we're not the problem. And then if we're not no longer the problem, then we could be like, okay, who needs help? Who needs, you know, around the world? And I, anyway, that, that, that's my focus is that I, I think we should, uh, people from that country should make it the business of making sure their government's in control first, mm-hmm. and then they can look outside their own, <laughs> their own borders and be like, okay, does someone need help somewhere? Like, is that sort of where you're coming from? Because there's so the list of demands for the rage against the war machine thing. One of them is negotiate peace. And so right. you is that kind of what you're describing now is like that you feel like we just need to take care of business at home. And that's that's what that is. Right. Well, okay. because I think the United States is a giant sledgehammer. Uh, and it's not definitely not a scalpel and it's definitely, I, I don't think the U S military is a sophisticated tool <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. when it comes to like solving conflicts and like preserving human life. Uh, I, I don't want it involved in a military way, but I would be okay. You know, on, honestly, I'm more of an agorist, but I'd be okay if it was, I'm much more okay with it if it was involved in a diplomatic way, trying to make deals that preserved human life. But uh, when, you know, people say like, oh my God, they're genociding the Ukrainians. I'm like, that's awful. We we should stop that. Let's get a ceasefire going. So the killing stops, but then mm-hmm. they switch the, to the argument of saying, well, we can't just let, like, let Russia have all this territory. And it's like, well, wait a second, which one do you care more about? Is it territory or is it the genocide? Like, because I'm more of the camp of like human life is precious in that, yeah, it sucks that you lost your state. We like, I honestly think is kind of evil, you know, lost land and the borders changed, but I'd rather my, my my hierarchy of needs is to stop the killing and then like work it out. And then, like, then honestly, you know what, if, if we had to pay someone off saying like, okay, look, you, you can't do this again. You should give back the land. And instead of a hundred billion dollars going to arms manufacturers, maybe you just say like, Hey, we'll set up a bond and it pays out a certain amount each year. If you, you know, back off, you know, like if that's what stopped killing, I, I, I'd honestly, I'd have a hard time coming up with a reason not to go that route. Like, I don't know. That's just like, like, again, I want people to defend themselves and defend their country, you know, from a, a, a an invader, but I don't think, you know, uh, sending a bunch of weapons in Ukraine and escalating the situation is great. Like in a bar fight, you know, mm-hmm. you, if you had a friend who was throwing punches and your friend, your friend threw three punches and the, the guy who was fighting, uh, through five and you broke them up and then your friend was like, I get two more punches. I get two more punches. You're going to tell him no. Right. Like the other, then the other guy's going to punch back more at you. Stop fighting for a second and like talk, like deescalate things. Like, I mean, that's my personal opinion on it. Yeah. yeah. It sounds like we, we pretty much are on the same page. I think as far as for me, if I'm going to be nitpicky about the whole thing, 
Um, my my one hesitation for the rage against the war was the way that they worded the negotiate peace section. And, and I think that you're right, that we need to take care of our business at home. And if this is about what we're demanding from our government, then I think that that makes sense. Um, but I, I think that a lot of, like, I think that me and other folks sort of read it as a message to the world. And so like, for me, if I'm gonna be nitpicky about negotiate peace, then I would just say Russia needs to leave Ukraine. Like that would be, if I'm making demands, right? Like Russia leaves, that's my demand. And I think that that's where some folks are coming from is they're like, ooh, negotiate peace, okay. But it's like, Russia should just leave, right? Like that would, that would solve the problem. And I think that it would be faster, right? If, if Russia just left. Well, I, I think a lot of the issue is, I mean, can, can you put your, and, and this is where, you know, obviously back in the day, back in like the early 2000s, if you said, you know, you know, Osama bin Laden blew up the towers and he's a horrible person, everyone would be like, yeah, why did he do it? They'd be like, doesn't matter. We don't care. Like, be like, well, it might be important to know that like you, you don't have to like acquiesce and give into his demands. You don't have to let someone who killed thousands of people like then, you know, I don't know over the word like win or gain something from, you know, uh, you I'm trying to figure out a way to describe this. Basically you don't have to hand them a win by hearing out why they're doing the bad thing you're doing. It is, it is a informative for you to know what your enemy is saying and sometimes they have some reasons for the, re the reasons why they did the whole terrible things that they're not justified in doing but there is you, you know there's a reason why the guy most people don't just like walk up to people and punch them in the face right Mm -hmm. There has to be something that they were instigated, they were called a name, or, you know, someone bumped into someone else and they took offense. And, you know, while that doesn't justify what they did, there was some kind of catalytic, uh, you know, action that was taken beforehand that led, or set of circumstances that led to why it happened. And, uh, you know, Russia's, uh, I, I believe, you know, uh, reasons for why they did the way the things that they did it was like we had russian speakers in eastern ukraine they were getting pretty systematically bombed and attacked and whether you, you feel like well the the you know this faction did this is like well they're this is what they're saying they're saying that they had russian speakers civilians getting attacked for several years in eastern ukraine and the donbass region and others uh, uh and now we have to defend them because you keep you've spent the last several years attacking them in addition to that there was this agreement not to expand nato past you know uh you know in into uh, eastern europe and to bring bring it closer and closer to our capital and to the border of russia so we you know while it's not justified we're we're building a buffer zone to because real politics exist and we can't have you doing this um, and I think it, it, it's wrong for us not to like, we, we, again, we're not justifying what they're doing. We're trying to figure out why they did the things they did. Mm -hmm. 
And I, I don't think it's unreasonable to say like, oh, if Russia did that to us, which they did in the Cold War, like mm-hmm. uh, tried to uh, establish a beachhead in the Caribbean in Cuba to have like missiles there, we we found that pretty unacceptable too. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so it's it's again, I, I I think it's the point where like there are bad there are people who have done wrong on both sides and now you're breaking up the two uh you know bad actors basically in a fight you're Mm -hmm. trying to separate them for a while and get them to like just stop shooting each other then we can start talking and then you can have the conversation of like in order for us to stop shooting each other you need to leave and then the other person will get a chance to say well in order for me to stop shooting you you need to do this this and this and like well this this and this and like and then you have that conversation well again the little people the people who didn't you know you know choose for there to be a war stop getting slaughtered mm-hmm. that, that's my viewpoint on it anyway <laughs> i yeah i i think i agree with most of what you're saying. <laughs> well, and, and and that's the point I feel like in all these wars. It's like it's it's never the people that actually have a disagreement that are ever fighting. Like I if it, I would love it if it was just like Zelensky and Putin in a in a ring and then that could just decide it. Oh like, yeah. I would well, yeah. be very happy with that. Uh and, and with just the leaders duking it out instead of like having to throw thousands of you know, the lives of smaller people, you know, in, you know, to their deaths. I would much rather if it was just our leaders duking it out. Uh, oh, yeah. No, I'm a, personally a huge proponent of duels. I think that yeah. we should be allowed to kill each other legally in a duel. If two people consent to it and you two want to handle your business, you do it. So Zelensky and Putin, they can do their duel. And I don't know, Biden and Trump can have their own. I don't care. Just legalize dueling. I think it would be a <laughs> much safer world. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. If you're afraid that you might die because you said something awful and are challenged to a duel, you might say less awful things or, you know, do less awful things. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, um, yeah, um, I'm probably wrapping up here. I've got to, I've got to get going uh, here in a couple of minutes, but um, I want to say thank you for uh, hopping on this uh, podcast with me and talking Um Again, yes, I uh, hopefully we can get a chance to meet in person and uh, maybe work on things like defend the guard. Um, I, I definitely uh, think that we can get a lot of uh, really great stuff done in the years ahead if we work together and we kind of play off each other's strengths. So, um, yeah. Uh, did you have anything else you wanted to say or anything you wanted to plug? Um, just the Classical Liberal Caucus and you are the power. I mean, if you're not already a member of you are the power please join it's free and we're doing lots of local advocacy there's no libertarian drama there at all uh as far as i can see and um it's pretty great and then you know if you're if you're into the more empathic loving side of liberty please join the classical liberal caucus we'd love to have you and i think we even have like a non-members area so if you're just curious like um, you can join our Discord. I think it's on our website. Um, and what's the website? Oh, I think it's just clc.org. 
DLC.org, really? Wow, that's a great domain. Like, I thought it was really, <laughs> yeah, I thought it was just, mm, no, I'm just kidding. I don't know what they have then. The classical, I don't, I don't know their website. I know it's youarethepower.net. That's the most important one for me. Okay. I'm the I'm the regional organizer for um, the Northwest. So, okay. You are the power. All right. You are the power.net. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is where you go for that. And then uh, we'll try to find up. I'll try to find the yeah the domain for the classical liberal caucus, and we'll uh, we'll we'll throw that up in a future episode. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Danielle, for uh, joining me today. And uh, yeah, uh, we'll have you back on soon sometime. Hopefully, maybe to talk some some issues. If you're, if you're interested, yeah, sure. Yeah. No, that'd be great. It was nice chatting with you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. No problem. Cheers. Yeah.